Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hello once again, everybody. Welcome to Grace to All with Paul Gray. We're back again this week with David Adams. And we say this is this week because you all are hearing it a week later, but we actually did both these on the same day. And so we're kind of picking up where we left off. David, thanks for being here for another episode. Thank you, Paul. And uh, people can see you on Facebook and read your excellent post. We'll talk about those in a minute. But let's start out by you had an incident happen when you were a kid that really affected you. Tell us about that, would you? Yeah, I thought about it often growing up, and it really makes sense to me now. When I was a kid, sometimes we would go to a little Assemblies of God church in Delville, Alabama, and uh, the preacher Well, we were back there in Sunday school. We were learning Jesus loves the little children deep and wide. There's a fountain flowing deep and wide. All the little children's songs about how much God loves us. And then we'd come out and listen to the preaching. And one Sunday, I must have actually been listening to the preaching. (laughs) Because I couldn't have been any older than six. I'm thinking I was four or five. And I came home and I was so sad. Because apparently he had preached on hell. And I'm like crying. I'm out in the yard by myself. Now, there was 11 people in a one-bedroom house up there at the time and where we lived in Alabama. But 11 people in a one-bedroom house? Yes, sir. Me and my six brothers and sisters, my mom and dad, my grandmother, and an invalid aunt. There were three beds in the living room and a couch. <laughs> wow. And a, a big bed in the back bedroom. But. Anyway, I came home from church that Sunday, and I was so sad because the preacher said that some people were going to burn in hell forever. And I go outside and get alone all by myself, and I'm crying. I'm like, God, you love everybody. Please don't let anybody go to hell. And I prayed like that for maybe five minutes, and I was crying. I don't remember for sure how long or why I stopped. Probably somebody came up and I don't know. But anyway, I remember that to this day. And that was my first realization that God loved everybody. Red and yellow, black and white, we are precious in his sight. Yeah. That's one of the songs we sing. Yeah. But I just wanted to throw that out there. And it really is a part of my journey now. But it started way back then, and I didn't even know it. Oh, that's great, David. God has always been with us and always working things out for the good and impacting our lives. And sometimes we get an inkling of it at the time and sometimes not till years later. That Gosh, that's a wonderful story. So as you mentioned in our interview last week, you later on got involved in a denomination and religious setting where you thought you could lose your salvation and uh, 
boy, that's an awful way to live. I know because boy, that's how I grew up. My folks here all the time. Oh yeah. My folks said, uh, you know, you can go outside and play with your friends and I know you guys are going to go out in the woods and stuff, but you know, don't say nothing bad. Don't do nothing bad. Cause God's watching you. He's keeping a list, you know, you know, if you get killed by a car on your way home, nothing he can do for you. Boy, I, I took that to heart. Well, sort of, I, I still went ahead and did some bad things, but I was afraid all the time. <laughs> afraid it was going to come back and get you. Yeah. Oh man. What a, we can laugh about that, but unfortunately I've known, I'm sure you have too. And I've certainly read countless stories of of people whose lives were just totally messed up for a long time because of that kind of, uh, I call it uh, religious abuse, which, uh, you know, I, we have one mutual friend, Rex that. Yeah. Yeah. Very badly. Oh Yeah. That's exactly right. And then my next religious experience was God showed me just through reading the Bible. And I, I was a pastor at that. I didn't become a pastor till I was in my 40s, but I was a pastor at the time. And just through Bible study, just me and him or me and them, he started showing me these all verses. And I started realizing, I mean, he just started showing me you can't lose your salvation. Well, that's what I needed at the time. And I was listening to, well, uh, for example, I was listening to Charles Stanley, and he had a book called uh, something about uh, you can be sure that uh, that you're saved. I can't remember the name of it, but it was a good book. And boy, I took to that book, and, and that's what I needed at the time. I was a pastor for 20 years then before, and actually it was about the same time as you. It was 2009, 2010 that I got through some personal circumstances and some other things started uh, learning a little bit about grace and went through the journey uh, some of the same people that that you talked about Joseph Prince and Joel Osteen and you know good guys I loved them they were what they had written was right for me at the time and then I you know I started getting involved with Steve McVeigh and sort of changed with him over the time and then along came Baxter Kruger and Francois de Toit and you know, Don Keithley and Andre Robbie and uh, all kinds of other wonderful people. And uh, boy, what a journey it's been since then. And so you started listening to those guys. You tried to prove the grace people. Message wrong. Yeah. Tried to prove it wrong. And, and God started showing you differently. Now, did, did God speak to you directly about that? Did he show you through scripture? What was that process like? Well, in my studies, I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen to these people they're listening to. And I'll take them point by point and prove them wrong. How arrogant I was. Prideful. You mentioned Steve McVeigh. I got the book Grace Wall. Me too. I don't know how many copies of that book I have bought and give away. And I don't even know if I still have a copy. But anybody out there just starting out on Grace, Steve McVeigh, Grace Wall, get that book. Now, it was written in the early 90s. And he has come a lot farther now. Yeah. It's a good place to start. Yeah, it is. Yes, there was uh, Steve McVeigh, C. Baxter Kruger, Brad Jerzak, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Harden. All these people got me started. Really, I learned from all of them something, but mostly what they did was get me to open my heart and my mind to the fact that I can be wrong. <laughs> And I'm still open to the fact that I can be wrong, but there is one thing I am certain of. You will not persuade me. Otherwise, nobody can. God loves 
everyone unconditionally, and he's not keeping any record of our wrongs, and he is not angry at us. At all. Ed, at what? all. He's, he's not even in a bad mood, as Lynn Howes says. Yeah. He's yeah. a preacher that I was familiar with from the 90s, and he's come into the grace message zone. He needs to come in a little farther, I think. <laughs> I'm right with you, David. And I say I don't have any doctrines anymore. I hope that's true. I'm just solid on the fact that God is love and he loves everybody and we're all included. And we came to a point in time with our church where I, I burned all my old sermons. I threw away all my old books and uh, tore up our uh, statement of faith and all our doctrines and stuff and said, you know, we're just going to focus on God's love for everybody. Right. And uh, well, that's where we are anyway. And and uh, as what you mentioned, David, being willing to sort of open our hands and our minds and saying, I could be wrong about this or that. God, show me what the truth is, as opposed to going, I know I'm right about this and I'm going to prove you wrong. What a difference that is. It takes real humility to do that. And most people I've found, I mean, those of us who've been involved in religion, and we've got a lot invested. I mean, we've given our tithes for decades. We've memorized Bible verses. We've been to conferences. We've we've got books and stuff. And we spent all that time and money and, and energy and mental energy in it to come to the conclusion that maybe I've been betting on the wrong horse. That takes humility to admit that. Probably was betting on a horse when you was in a NASCAR race. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's... That's one thing when I do my post in the morning, I either want to encourage people, usually with I do a prayer post with the picture, and then I'll do two or three, maybe four little posts with the Facebook background. And one with the picture is usually to encourage people maybe teach them a little bit, but then the little ones are usually to provoke them to think. If people would learn to think for themselves, yes, respect your pastor, respect your teachers, but that don't mean you can't think for yourself. And that's such a big problem with a lot of believers is we want other people to do our thinking for us. It's easy to do that. We want other people to do our praying for us. Look, I'm all for praying for people, but pray for yourself also. Learn to grab hold of God's promises and don't just ask for them. Say, thank you, God, you've already given it to me. It's already mine because you gave us everything when you gave us Jesus. Yeah. In my new course, Pure Light Walker, uh, it's all about changing our mind about who God is and who we are and who other people are changing our mind about hell and sin, and then changing our mind about prayer. And instead of begging for God to come in and show up, fill us, or to give us this or that, just thanking Him for what He's already done and what He's already given us, and believing His promises you mentioned before. But my prayer life has totally changed. I wrote a daytimer, a Christian daytimer type thing back in the uh, late 80s. I had a verse for every day, and uh, my denomination published it and stuff. And I taught people, you know, you need to spend two hours a day in prayer and Bible study, and you need to set aside some time one day a week to pray for all your relatives and friends, and then one day a week to pray for the government officials and and all of this kind of stuff. And then you uh, and I, oh man, yeah, you had them working, didn't you? 
<laughs> yeah. Well, not very many of them because they didn't want to do it. <laughs> and of course, then I looked down my nose at them and I, the Lord finally showed me. Um, <laughs> oh, man. I, some of the things that we did were just uh, uh, that we can look back at them and laugh now, but um, <laughs> well, I, we're free now, aren't we? We're free to, we're free from all of that junk. It is so good to be free. Now, when I first started on Facebook, I didn't know how to handle it when people would argue with me. And if you go back through and read some of my old posts from three years ago, you'd find me arguing back and forth. You hardly ever see me argue on Facebook anymore. It's just enough to say, okay, are you really wanting to learn something or are you just wanting to argue? And I'll give them a few chances back and forth with me. And if they want to argue, I just shut up. I may delete their comments. Who knows? But I've wasted so much time arguing back and forth with people trying to get me go back into Egypt where I came from. Well, actually, back into Babylon. Yeah. Yeah. Back into the captivity of religion. Yeah. And I now I may go back in, but it will be for a different reason than they want. It will be to bring them back yeah. to where God wants them to be. I haven't attended an institutional church, but a few times in the last 10 years. I love my brothers and sisters in the institutional church, and I pray for them because they're where I was. And I want them to know the freedom of the liberty that we have in Christ Jesus. Yeah. We don't have to be in bondage to every little program just, just to keep us busy in church, the programs, oh, my Lord, and this different separations. We got a men's meeting over here and a women's meeting over here. Let's send the kids to the back. Hey, let's bring the kids out to the front and let them teach us for a change. <laughs> we could yeah. learn. We yeah, could no kidding. Learn. Yeah. Well, fortunately, there are a few, and I love the people that are still caught up in that, but there are not many, but there are a few, quote, churches, unquote, around that are the real deal. One of them's pretty close to you. Our, our friend Keith Stanton has this group called The Refuge in Clearwater. That's I about a, across that bridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've driven across it too. But he, his church, The Refuge, is a church for homeless people. They got a building. They, have, uh, they serve meals there two or three times a day. They have a food pantry. They have some Bible studies. It's all a grace message. And they have uh, portable although they've put it in a fixed place now, shower thing with a bunch of showers in it for, you know, outdoor things that people can come and take showers there and stuff. And that uh, was awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm actually going to speak for them this Sunday morning, which will be a while before that have happened before people actually listen to this uh, podcast. But I'm going to speak online. I've gone there and spoken in person. And, oh, gosh, I tell you what, everybody's hungry for God's unconditional love and acceptance. When you're down and out and you don't have a physical home and you don't have a job and maybe you don't have any family anymore and you find a place that welcomes you unconditionally and shares the love of God with you and welcomes you, embraces you, and not just in word, but in deed with feeding you and giving you clothes. And uh, they help people get back and get in, uh, into housing and uh, to get medical care and all sorts of things. It, it, it's really a wonderful th place. Uh, well, that's the kind of stuff that Jesus did when he was here. 
they don't do the kind of stuff that uh, we used to do in traditional churches. They just love people and help them and serve them. And uh, it's a cool deal. That is great. Before the COVID hit and I lost my job for like 20 years, I'd, close to 20 years, I had a job that took me all over Tampa and parts of Hillsborough County. And there were so many homeless people there. And mm. every time I had a chance, I mean, my job didn't pay enough to keep me rich, but every once in a while I'd have a few bucks. I would buy somebody some food. I'd give them a few dollars or whatever. And I would talk with them. I couldn't do it much because I was on a route and I had to get it done, but I would talk with them as long as I could mm. and make up the time some other way. But it was so rewarding. I had met this guy that had just become homeless. I wasn't sure he was homeless to start with because he's dressed like I am now, sort of, you know, and uh, fairly nice clothes. And he was outside a laundromat and he asked me for some money and I gave him some money. He told me a little bit of his story. And that happened the next week when I went back. And then about the third week, there was a guy that was definitely homeless there. And I'm like, well, I don't know him. I'll give it to, I think the guy's name was Jim or Jeff or something. I had a few dollars and I tried to give it to the one I had been giving it to. He said, no, give it to him. He needs it more. I cried. Wow. I cried. I went back in my vehicle. I'm like, I got to have some more money in here somewhere. I dug and scrounged, came up with a couple of bucks, tried to give that to the other guy. He said, no, give it to him. He needs it more. I drove away so humbled that day. Mm. It just That's, was amazing. It's the love of God, isn't it? Yeah. And, and your friend, Jim. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, the love of God shines through you, my friend, and uh, from your speech and your countenance, uh, but especially, not more so, but especially through your post on Facebook. I look forward to those. I look forward to the pictures that you have with them, and you write so well, and I, I know that you're listening to God and the Holy Spirit is writing through you, and you're encouraging us. You're encouraging people all over the world, and I want to thank you for that. Well, I appreciate that. I'm so, like I said, I'm so glad my daughter-in-law got me up on Facebook because you know the trouble we had. We've been trying to do the Zoom here for a while. <laughs> I'm not technologically advanced, okay? I'm a dinosaur. <laughs> uh, but I'm slowly getting drug into the 21st century. Well, we made it together today. I, I put on a good front. I'm not very technologically advanced either, but I, you can fool some of the people some of the time. <laughs> so I, I, can, I can get on my computer. And so, well, David, thanks again uh, for being with us, for sharing your story. And people can connect with you on Facebook, David Adams, and you've got posts up every day. Yes, sir. I got very rarely do I miss a day. Very rarely. And then I feel bad about it, but I'm not going to put myself under bondage to have to do it. Then it becomes a law and I'm not free. God's not sitting up there somewhere right now. Up, oh, David missed today. Going to have to get him for that. <laughs> but it's not because of that. I feel bad because I do know that people look for my posts every day yeah. and, and they do often need what I have to say that day. Not everybody. They just... Yeah. Most people just enjoy my posts and agree with it or not, but there are some days where some people will say, I needed that so bad today. And yeah, and that's the ones I'm really wanting to touch the most, the ones that need it. Yeah. Well, and you are, my friend. And uh, so we all appreciate it. And we'll look forward to seeing those posts every day and 
someday uh, maybe I'll get to come to Florida and we'll get together in person. That would be great, Paul. I sure appreciate you. You too. Thanks, David. Thanks for being with us. And thanks, everybody, for being with us for another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.